Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Canada at Redeemer Fellowship. Back at it again. Back at it again. Here back, we are. Back porch. Back. Oh, yeah. I love being back here. Back porch. It's uh, We've got the cigars going. Jimmy, you brought some bourbon. Mm, you're welcome. nice. Thank you very much. And, uh, man, you just got done uh, preaching this morning. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Preaching on Luke 6. Yeah. The mercy of God. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Yeah, it was good. It was really I good. I appreciate that. Oh, really well, good. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the first service go. was a little... No, I'm just saying, Here like, we you go. know, when Here people are coming up to me after the service and they're saying, so what did he mean when he said we should love our enemies? <laughs> did, he, did he mean that? So yeah, thanks, thanks, Tony Dopke. Oh, you just called him out. I called him out. Uh, no, actually, man, it was it was really good. It was a good word. I know I received it well. Everybody really enjoyed well, it. I hope you listened. I did, know, and good. the people and the people were with you, and you could tell the people are with you. Um, even you know, not not just through like head movement, like nodding and all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Even there was vocal responses. You know, this is for a white church. Uh, that that's pretty good. You yeah. Know. Well, you know when when. Minorities come you up. You get a they, splash they, of they, color up there. That's it. They feel you just you're just a splash just of color. A, so I only got a you're, smidgen of response. You've got a dusting of color, really. Yes, it's just a sprinkling. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, how are you holding up? How are you holding up? It's been a week since oh, Jen's man, been gone. Yeah, at least it's been at least a week. All right. When he says that, because um, it was a week from yesterday, and so that's why I say oh a week. Yeah, it's been. Oh my gosh, it's been over a week. Mm-hmm. It's been two weeks. It's, it's, it's been over a week. Two. It's been two weeks. I, didn't, I don't even. I lost track of how many days it was. No, it's been. Uh, it's been good. Lots of time with the kids, and um, things are going to start to get back on track this week by uh, Thursday. Is that when she gets back? She in gets time? back Wednesday night. She's back Wednesday night. So I'm going to miss the elders meeting. All right. So how are you doing? Good. You're doing all right. I'm doing all right. No problems at all. Right, you, know, you know, I was really looking forward to like tonight, you know, chilling, just relaxing tonight, Re- not doing much. Well, just, but, uh, but no, but tonight we're together. So, I mean, I feel like oh, this yeah, we're is together, but you. it's more out of necessity. Than, what? What are you, uh, no, 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 you know, no. All right. All right. No one cares about this. No one no, cares wait, about this. Why, why? I mean, it's Sunday. Why aren't, why am I not resting right now? Why am I, why did I have to set up the arms and the mics yeah. and everything? Well, because uh, you're about, Robin. Co- no, because <laughs> you're Robin. Robin sets up the gear. Because you lost our episode on the good Calvinist. I don't, I wouldn't say I lost it, Joe. I know exactly where it's at. Yeah, where's that? The trash bin. Um, yeah. But then can, it was cleared. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know what happened, man. So we recorded, and it, you know what? It was a perfect episode. I think it was like the most glorious Stop it. episode we've Stop ever it. done. No, it wasn't. I mean, I think people would have been converted. No, I think, probably uh, not. It probably was awesome. Not. And now we're gonna have this. I feel bad rate. enough as is. I feel this I feel is a foolish do. It's a do over, and do overs are for babies. Thanks, <laughs> big baby. <laughs> No, actually, I actually think it's going to be better. I think we're going to have a better conversation, and uh, it's kind of fun because I know what's coming up, man. You guys should be looking out. We've got an episode coming up on uh, self defense and justified self-defense, violence. Yep, and then after that is uh, uh, what is that? Rejuvenation. Reju- what? Wait, rejuvenation. We're not, we're not talking about some rejuvenate kind of facial. We're talking about revitalization. Revitalization. How to revitalize a local church? So we've already recorded those two. Those those two are, are going to be dropping soon. Well, I hope I don't. Unless I unless you them. lose them. Unless again, I yeah, delete throw them. them away. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're going to wrap up our series here on the five kinds of Calvinists, yep. and uh, we've talked about you know the bad Calvinist. Yep. We've talked about the new Calvinist. Yeah, the cage stagers. We've talked we about talk- the half calf Calvinist. We talked about the straw man Calvinist. Right, and today the good Calvinist. The good Calvinist. The kind of Calvinist you want to be if you are a Calvinist. Well, it's not even just like. But here's the thing: is the things that we we're going through are not just things that 
should be true of Calvinists. That's they should true. be true of all believers. Right. There is nothing here that we're going to talk about that shouldn't be true of every, um, you know, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Reformed, non-Reformed, Traditionalist. All of the all. But of then, us. why are we focusing on Calvinists? I think you know. Because, well, one because we are Calvinists and we speak to yeah our Calvinist we address. Brothers, right? You see, here's what we don't do, guys. Mm. We don't spend all of our time talking about like, other groups and how they're wrong, even though it's super obvious. You know that some groups are, are obviously some some. It's, I think it's pretty obvious. And we don't have to spend a whole bunch of time putting up post after post, uh, and tweet after tweet about Stop. how these other groups are wrong uh, because we know Stop. it's going to be more fruitful. What? I'm just saying it's more Stop. fruitful for us to focus on just, ourselves. Well, we like to yeah. we like to speak to uh, our demographic, which is, <laughs> I'm sorry. Which, is <laughs> which is Calvinist. Right there. You know, Calvinist and, you know, like, again, our demographic, those in their 30s and then right. Joe's 70s. Uh, so we have this wide range mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of listeners. So, we're, But the reason we say it should be true of Calvinists is for two reasons, right? One, uh, there is a stereotype. Sometimes it's very justified. Yeah, that some, we are some not stereotypes are true. That, that, and we, that's why we've talked about the bad Calvinists. Yeah. Um, but at the on the other hand, this these things should be true of the Calvinists because we really believe that these the doctrines of grace push these things. They fuel yeah. these things. And so uh, while this is true of everyone, we're talking mostly about Calvinists and two Calvinists, but this could be good for everyone. Jimmy, we've got seven of them. Seven of them. Seven, why, don't, why don't we have eight? Seven. Uh, what about ten? Well, because there's already nine marks. And we didn't want to go longer than the nine marks, so just we dropped it down to seven. But why don't we just do five then? Because you know, well, because we've been doing the five thing; it's kind of played out. It's All right, little, so you you know, we're gonna go seven. We do seven. We're we gonna do seven. seven. Right, don't act start? like you're surprised. We've already written them down. Well, you want to start? You always do this. I don't want to do it. No, start. Okay, you go first. I know what you're gonna do. No, you don't know what I'm gonna do. I know exactly what you're. No, gonna what do. am I gonna do? All right, no, don't worry about it. All okay, right. everybody, right. I know what he's gonna do. And no, no one happen. knows what I'm gonna do. Just go. All right. A good Calvinist mm-hmm. yes, is yes. a good Calvinist is first and foremost humble. Mm, good job, you didn't Joe. Do it. You didn't do it. You see, you did know me. what I was going to do. All right. So, and uh, the reason a good Calvinist should be humble is because he or she is not better than anyone else, yeah. and certainly not necessarily smarter than anyone else. Uh, a good Calvinist should be humble because we know that uh, we. We're spiritually dead, incapable of even choosing God until he first made us alive in Jesus. We are the recipients of grace. Uh, We believe in the biggest perspective of grace. I believe that we believe in the biggest concept of grace that's out there, that it is all of God, that salvation is all of the Lord, Mm -hmm. that we offer nothing and bring nothing and only respond to him in faith and repentance when he graciously makes us spiritually alive. That produces humility, that God accepts the sinner, that yeah. he loves the sinner before we're alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that love is what moves him to then regenerate us. So I think humility is key. And I think that when we talk about humility being, it should be part and parcel of being a Calvinist, um, we really ought to, I mean, th- think about it this way. Uh, a, a Calvinist doesn't become a Calvinist because he's smart. Right? Yeah. We've got smart people all over the place with different views. Um, we believe that when people come to a knowledge of the truth, and as they grow, it's the Spirit sanctifying, yes. enlightening, uh, illuminating. And so even your understanding of the truth is all of God, and so you should be humble and not proud. So humility ought to be key, um, and that's going to flow into everything else that we say. Absolutely. I think, secondly, uh, a Calvinist should be— A learner, a- definitely. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got you. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even see it coming yeah. either because you were smoking your cigar, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I'm sliding. All right, go ahead. All right, yeah, well, hey, Calvinist should be a, a learner. Yes, they should be a learner, uh, a lifelong learner. Um, we don't. We haven't arrived, right? We haven't thought that. Okay, we've got it all figured out, and that's part of that humility aspect. Right, like we're not right. arrogantly thinking uh, that we understand everything completely. That we have this nice systematic theology wrapped up and understand every aspect of it mm-hmm. perfectly. Right. And so I think we wanna we wanna continue to be learning. That's why we read, and and we don't just read. Um, people now but we read even old old dead guys right like right. we read and see okay how is it that I prefer the old dead guys yeah I and I would agree with that you know and so but you know we we read and we read and it's not just you know we're not just learning uh from from other calvinists and we talk about that uh in a bit but we're also though looking at scripture and we're studying mm-hmm. the word of god and that um it's all kind of flowing together and so we just it's essentially as a learner, as a lifelong learner, uh, it's we we are not prideful in thinking. It's all set. I think that's really good, man. I mean, God is uh, unknowable, uh, mm. you know, I- exhaustively. Certainly, we we can only know him in part as far as he's revealed himself. How arrogantly, how arrogant is that to think that? Okay, I've got this all figured out. Oh yeah, I got my five points down. I got my five points Done. down. Pope Piper has given me everything I need. Yeah. <laughs> Like man, you, you, <laughs> all I need is don't waste your life, and I'm good. Oh my gosh, and it's you know, or or whatever it is, right? Somebody reads uh, John J. I. Packer's Introduction to the Death of Death, yeah. which is a great introduction. Uh, it's a great, it's a great little thing, and uh, they think like I've got it now. Uh, th- th- that's hubris, man. You you're just beginning to understand the the most basic yeah. of doctrines, and so there there is there's no place for pride there. We've got to be humble, and that means we will continue to learn, and not just learn. A Calvinist should be wanting to explore, like you said, all of Scripture yes. yep. and and all of the Reformed tradition. Uh, we want to understand not just uh, soteriology, but we want to understand pneumatology. We want to understand eschatology. Uh, we want to we want to go deep into the Word and understand as much of God as has been revealed. So, mm. lifelong learner, I agree, totally, totally necessary. Should be true of all Christians. It should especially be true of the Calvinist because God is infinite, right? Yeah, but much it should flow into that third one. That yeah, I was, you mentioned I was that. Trying right? not to touch on it too much. Yeah, but, so, but you're I'm, touchy. So you're touchy feeling. Stop it! And, don't say um, that. <laughs> and yeah, so what you mentioned was that we should essentially be teachable. Yeah. Right. That we should be willing to read other people outside of our tradition, outside of our tribe. Right. We should read non-Calvinists uh, because you know Calvinists don't have a corner on the truth. No. Uh, no. We 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 share. Uh, the Word of God with everybody, and we're all learning together. And so there's much that we can learn from other people, and though we're going to disagree on some things or even on many things, uh, man, you can learn a lot from C.S. Lewis. Uh, he wasn't Reformed. Uh, and, and you can learn a, a lot from, from preachers and teachers who don't share all of our Calvinistic convictions, yeah. but who are nonetheless committed to Scripture. Absolutely. Right? If people can, ex- I just, we just had um, we had a couple guys visiting church today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were they're listeners of the podcast. Uh, they came in and uh, wow, they were so kind and encouraging, and they brought gifts. Yeah, wonderful gifts. They're very I mean, kind. Uh, yeah, pencils, pencils, Karen yeah. Dash pencils. Yeah, so some yeah. good pencils, pencils, cigars, some cigars, and some uh, libations. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. We have some that we're not going to open up. We're not going to be opening that up for a long time. It's Joe. too fancy. It's too nice. It's too nice. We can't open it yet. Yeah. It's uh I've already been telling Joe he's gotta wait 
till next year, and he's yeah. he's hard. I'm actually gonna. I'm probably gonna have to hide it. You Joe. might you might need to take it home. I'm gonna have to take it yeah, home and hide it. Leave it at the church. I don't trust you. Um, so they were, but they were talking about how one of the guys and his wife really don't see eye to eye on Reformed theology, and they're trying to find a church. Yeah. And where are they going to go? And so obviously he said it's not going to be a Reformed Baptist church because she's just not going to be okay with that. So where do we go? And what I said is, listen, the important thing really is that it's a church committed to the Word of God and expository preaching right. and has good community and is gospel-centered. Um, and now there are different versions of that, and I think the healthiest version of that is going to include Reformed theology. But goodness, uh, I, I would be happy at a church that— isn't reformed as long as they were you know preaching the word if there wasn't a reformed church that i could be a part of i'd be happy there yeah absolutely so we need to be able to learn from other people and 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 other tribes that we disagree with from time to time on specific issues yeah totally that's that's something i know uh uh, Doug, Doug Logan, Logan is really uh, keen on when, you know, looking at the, the 2018 Doctor Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Um, too many times, often uh, as Reformed Baptists, uh, just as, as conservative Reformers, uh, we shy away from from discussing the Spirit, right? Because, Historically, we didn't, but today, but today we do. But we, part we of it is that. because there has been some, uh, well, there have been some uh, some crazy theology. Some crazy say that. <laughs> okay, some fine, bad okay. doctrine. There have on been the some, and then there's also uh, Doug would say uh, there's some misunderstanding on our part for not like understanding the terms. Uh, we we don't understand the terms uh, or the definition of the terms as as being used by. Uh, by some in, in other traditions. So right. uh, so I think we're really excited about that. Um, head on over to drvotion.com, hit up the store, register for the 2018 conference. You're going to get free, you're going to get a bunch of books, you're going to get a free T-shirt. Well, I don't know about a bunch of books. You're going to get some books. you get some books. All right, fine. You're going to get some books. You're going to get a T-shirt. You're going to get a conference journal. Yeah. Bam, sign I, up, register. Uh, it's, Got it, a lot of people signing good. up already. I think the thing to keep in mind with with being teachable and learning from others outside of your stream is that um, different groups are going to have strengths that you should be able to recognize, uh, maybe that you don't have. That's really good. And that's something that Ed Stetzer is really good at. Ed Stetzer will go like, you know what? I disagree with these guys on, in these, you know, three areas, but right here, they're really strong. And, uh, and I think that's just a really good model. So yeah. What's, what's number four? Number four is uh, passionate. Yeah. Right. And I think you're I'm a looking, passionate man, Jimmy. I, well, I'm looking at it in two ways. I think there needs to be some earnestness to our faith, right? Like we really believe um, in in what we we really believe in the gospel. We really believe in these things. We want to share these things, um, and, and it has captured our hearts uh, and our minds. But I think it's also then uh, we're empathetic. Like we we are uh, we love those around us, um, and so we. Uh, we care for them. We mourn with them. We rejoice with them. We we weep with them. Uh, we laugh with them. And so I think part of being a good Calvinist is not apathetic. It's not about uh, joylessness or or stoicism. And while some are, are naturally stoic on the outside, it's about this heart and love and passion uh, for God and for our neighbors. Yeah, man. I mean, everybody should read Jonathan Edwards on the religious affections. Um, you know, read John Piper on on joy. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like, just there there should be much there should be a much deeper sense of of love, hatred, zeal, uh, fear. Right, the fear of 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 the Lord. Um, you know, uh, you know, hatred for sin. 
uh, love for God, love for his word. The, the, the affections should be stirring and alive in us. Uh, and, and too many Calvinists are known for being overly stoic. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy's le- wanting to, you're laughing at me because a bug just flew into my beard. Yeah, Is it actually it? looked like it was about to go in your mouth. Like it looked like it flew into it your did. mouth. And I, I don't was tr- care. I was trying I hard not to no, like point care. it out because you're making a good point. It's it's fine. The, right. po- the point is gone, and the bug is gone. Because and I the ate bug it. is gone. You yeah. ate it. Um, no, I, I I agree. And it, it's it's interesting because you know when you go back and you read you know Calvinists historically on the Holy Spirit, they have written the best things on the Spirit, and you read them on the impact of doctrine on our emotions or on our affections, and I believe that they've written some of the best stuff, but today I don't see as much of it as I would like to. So passionate, uh, Calvinists should be very passionate, I agree, very, um, very, uh, what is it, dialed in yeah, to like an expression the, the, and the experience of the faith. I guess one of the one of the ways we talk about it is experimental Calvinism or experiential Calvinism. That it's not enough to be able to define repentance. Uh, you need to be yeah. repenting, right? And and you need to be enthusiastic about it. It's it's not just, there has to be some fruit in your life of yeah, these things. Yeah, totally, totally. So then, Joe, what would be next? Uh, Another well, mark of a good, good Cal- Calvinist. a good Calvinist is evangelistic. What I yeah. thought once saved always saved. I I thought we're the frozen chosen. I don't. I didn't think we had to reach out. If God is is the sovereign author of salvation, then why why would you be evangelistic? Well, you don't really have to. I just it, it looks good. It just looks yeah, good. That, it's that's just one why. of the things yeah. that we say. And people give us a hard time if we don't. So I mean, basically, a good Calvinist <laughs> knows how to cover his tracks uh, of, of not believing in evangelism by doing it just so people leave us alone. Oh, okay. So, that, right, is so that how it goes? One? Um, yeah, good Calvinists are evangelistic. I mean, historically, we know this is true. Um, the, the, in fact, many of the greatest evangelists that we talk about in church history were card-carrying, five-point Calvinists. Yeah. You know, we've got everybody— Some great event, like Charles Finney. That, no, uh, fantastic, no, not a Calvinist, fantastic. bad theologian, didn't believe in original sin, justification by faith. <laughs> Finney was a heretic. I mean, he had that chair, the sinner's chair, the sinner's okay, bench. he was uh, the anxious bench, yes. Anxious he, bench, yes, yes, so, yeah. you know. Uh, listen, the only thing uglier— than Finney's theology was his face. Okay, oh. let me just say that. As soon as you, you sounds like, a oh, goodness. Um, l- listen, uh, <laughs> Calvin. So you've got everybody from you know, Adoniram Judson, uh, the, the father of the modern missions movement, uh, and we. I think we've already talked about uh, Calvin. And uh, did we did we cover that at some point? I think no, I believe we did. Uh, uh, not Calvin. Oh yeah, we did talk about Calvin because we talked about that the straw man. Oh, that's but there that, you go. Did yeah. we, but did we? I think we also covered uh, Wesley. What about Wesley? Oh, wait, no. Was it Wesley? Oh, Not Wesley you Snipes. You mean Whitfield? Whitfield, thank you. Goodness sakes. Whitfield and All Wesley right. Snipes. So uh, George, uh, George Whitfield, uh, Jonathan Edwards, um, we got obviously, you know, Calvin, the whole Puritan movement, um, Charles Spurgeon for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's many great examples of, you know, reformed theologians, Calvinistic pastors who are passionately evangelistic. And the reason we should be evangelistic is, number one, and this is for all Christians, because God commands us to go and tell everyone. And for the Calvinist, it's because we believe that God uses means to yeah. accomplish his end. And so, yes, he has an elect, uh, a number so great no one can count it, uh, and it's a mysterious number. We don't know who is and who isn't elect. but uh, we. So, therefore, we preach indiscriminately to all call all men to repent and yeah. to believe that's our duty and then uh, we trust God to then do his work he uses the word preached to regenerate the elect so yeah we should be evangelists and we should be enthusiastic uh, hopeful optimistic yeah. uh, and because we and don't bold. know who God is calling right to and we know that God is going to save his people yeah. so we can't fail yeah there's so, freedom in that boom evangelistic uh, I think a good Calvinist is careful 
What do you mean? Well, what you talking about, Willis? What what I'm talking about is um, they they love Jesus more than the reformers. I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. I think oftentimes we we're really all about Calvin, or we're really all about about Spurgeon, or we're really all about these other. We great... get like some 1689 tattoo on our hand, or something. yeah, 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 like, something like know, that, yeah. or or get John Knox tattooed on us. Yeah, uh, you know, like we really we and we have their books and we read and we always quote them and we talk about them, but if we have to be careful that uh, the vessel whom God has used to proclaim his truth does not become an idol to us. Yeah, that's good. That's a really uh, good way to say it. We need to, first and foremost, be lovers of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That, that That is not only a temptation, that is a reality for a lot of us, that yeah. we become infatuated with particular people, groups, um, and and they become too much. The you know um, propagandist precious Puritans yeah, that's was was honestly it was the greatest challenge that I've ever encountered to my Calvinism. Uh, in that I was exalting a number of the Puritans uh, in my heart, and uh, in, in such a way that I, I would of course admit they're not infallible. They've yeah. got um, they've got problems or errors, but I really did uh, see them as too much of, of a hero and um, and that really brought them down to a, a level where they're supposed to be let they like all of us are crooked sticks right with which God can draw straight lines yeah so um, I love that and I think another another way that we talk about this sometimes Jimmy is not only do we tend to exalt uh, people above Christ right Calvin you know preachers and theologians above Christ we also sometimes will elevate their writings or yeah. the, our confessions above scripture and it's it's definitely not a part of reformed theology because reformed theology is very clear in articulating pushing and practicing the supremacy of scripture the authority of scripture but for a lot of us especially when we're newer to it uh, boy we get much more infatuated with systematic theology or the confession uh, than we do with scripture and in my case, uh, I stopped poring over Scripture for life. I started poring over the pages of books written by men and simply using Scripture to footnote mm. uh, and to annotate. Kind of like a proof text. Yeah, yeah. That, that was all that I was using it for. Um, and a good Calvinist uh, isn't that way. A good Calvinist, I like, you, I like that you know, that's the word. A good Calvinist is careful not to make too much of men or systems. Yeah, that's and good. That's what good. about the last one, Joe? All right. Uh, a good Calvinist must be thick-skinned. You can't be a big baby head, all right? You can't be super sensitive uh, because you're essentially uh, signing on for uh, a a theological disagreement. You you are embracing a perspective of God and man that is unpalatable, not just to the world, but also to a lot of other Christians. And of course, this could be because we're wrong, I suppose, but I believe it's because it, it goes against um, our our sort of natural and fallen self-centeredness, uh, and but in general, even with people that with whom we we disagree and have really great relationships, um, you, you you can't be thin-skinned and too sensitive because they're going to challenge you. They're going to tell you that you're wrong. They're going to tell you that some people will go so far as to say you're preaching a false gospel. Um, they're going to tell you you're not welcome uh, to to be a part of of their group or you're not welcome in their church. Um, you're going to have to be thick-skinned. And and by that I, I don't mean you know you don't you, you can't care about these things yeah, I think you should care but I would say that it's it's important that you uh, don't take everything so personally yeah and if you really are if you really believe that you are suffering not because you're a jerk that's too easy 
If you're suffering as a jerk, that's on you, and you need to repent. Um, but if you're suffering uh, righteously, if you're suffering because of the truth, then, well, uh, so did Jesus, so did the prophets, so did the apostles, and so did many Calvinists before you. So you're going to have to just embrace that. That is going to be a part of your life. So then, Joe, I mean, like you know, as we kind of wrap this up, um, how then? Let's say you know people have been listening, and they say, okay, I, I kind of maybe find myself as a bad Calvinist, or I kind of see that cage staginess in me as a new Calvinist, or you know, I'm 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 kind of the half calf uh, Calvinist. How then? would you suggest like what would your recommendation be uh for them to grow and to move towards being a good calvinist well i think in part it is practicing these things that we're talking about um like the the church fathers uh talked about i think it's the practice yeah that you you have to practice things like humility um you know and, and th- that doesn't make it fake and it's not like practice before the big game this means it's it's the discipline of humbling yourself yeah. seeing yourself as you truly are putting others first um you need to shut up and listen like listen more than you talk if you are uh, a calvinist and um check yourself regularly and frequently um are your emotions and or your affections are they being stirred for god uh, you know, do you do you worship not just in truth but in spirit? You know, authentically. Um, I, I think you need to evaluate kind of where you're at and then press in in the right direction. Mm. I think you know, uh, if you want to be a, a a good theologian, a good Calvinist, then you will become very familiar with the Word. Yeah, uh, that's going to be your book. Absolutely. That's going to be your thing. That's going to be what you look to get into in the morning before you crack open that new book that you're super excited about. You know the word comes first, and apart from it, there is no life. There is no help. So those are some of the things that come to my mind. I mean, I think for me, one of the things I would I would echo everything Joe said, but I would also maybe add community. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you're not maybe. you're not doing this on your own because I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong. Oh yeah, whether they're a Calvinist or any other Christian, uh, isolation is is. Uh, it, it, I just think it, it could completely derail your faith. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, as you're as you're learning these things, as you're uh, practicing these things, you do that in the midst of community. You do that in the midst of of your congregation, uh, joining them on a, on a Sunday morning for worship. You do that as you get involved in community groups or Bible study or small groups, or missional communities, whatever it is that that uh, your church calls it. Invest there. So that you are open then to correction as we're talking about being learners and teachable because um, others are going to be able to see some of these blind spots that you don't see in yourself and call you out for that. Hopefully yeah. you've got a relationship yeah. and a friendship uh, and a trust built up with other brothers and sisters around you where they feel free to speak into your life uh to share some some areas of concern. Look, if only Calvinists are willing to hang out with you, you're a jerk. I think that's just that's just that's <laughs> really what it think is. That? Oh, to- if only I guess if, fair enough. If you yeah. can't roll with anybody but Calvinists because they're always offended or turned off by you, it's probably not them. Well, they're always afraid. Yeah, you're gonna uh, just turn this into a theological debate and tell them yeah. how wrong they are. Right. Like, so look, you, you need community. You need people around you. And you and I love what you say, Jamie. You got to have people around you that can tell you what's up. Yeah. Right. So. Like the reason I'll tell you what the reason certain people, whether it's pastors or celebrities or celebrity pastors, mm. 
And Joe's a pseudo-celebrity pastor. Yeah. They get into trouble because they begin to surround themselves with yes-men or yes-women, people that will only say what they want them to hear and uh, what they want to hear. And so what that means is, is no one's going to correct you or even yeah. call you out. For example— Oh, here we go. Is this going to be me? Jimmy, no, Jimmy comes over today. Oh, here we now, go. Now, I'm running around. I'm dropping the kids off at youth group. Mm. Um, I'm taking care of my mom and dad. You know, Jen's gone. She's been gone for like a month. Like I'm, I'm, I'm running on fumes. And Jim walks in, and the first thing he says is, I got to get a picture of this. Because I'm wearing... What is that? What, what well, kind of shirt t- is I'm wearing that? a t-shirt. I'm wearing a well, t-shirt. Well, no, it's not a t-shirt. It's, it's, like, it's like a tank top. Like a tank top? I guess you could call it a, a patriarchal uh, uh, authoritative shirt. Uh, shirt. Patriarchal. Yeah. Anything else I could think a of? A patriarchal power shirt. That's what you yeah. can call it. A patriarchal <laughs> power. I'm wearing a wife beater. Like, okay, that's what they call it. No, them. don't. And, um, I can't even call it that. So, uh, it, because it's hot and I've been running around and I even drove in this shirt. I didn't even put on yeah, a t-shirt. He's over lost it. all respect I, for himself. Uh, I was I was <laughs> driving my car, smoking a Candela cigar. So it's it's a green wrapped cigar. <laughs> I'm driving around this, with this t-shirt on. I'm like, oh, Bald. this looks weird. Yeah, it just didn't look good. Tattoos blazing. Um, <laughs> I thought I'm probably going to get pulled over. But you got. But but the point is, like Jimmy can call me out, and that's a funny thing. He can go like, "Yeah, dude, that doesn't look good on you." Yeah, uh, we've you, done that with each other. Oh, like, hey, man. Yeah. So listen, if 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 he can do something like that, and I'm not going to get sensitive, it's an indication that we have a freedom to yeah. speak to each other about things small and things large. So yeah, man, I I think community. I think what you said there is is really really good. And um, yeah, I just, I think I said it once before. I just want to repeat it. Like, don't, just don't talk so much. Yeah. Just don't talk so much. You do a lot of listening. Now, you're young. You know, you're young. We're all, we're, you're, you're probably younger than you think you are in the faith. You're probably younger than you think you are theologically. Eh, so, you know, do a little bit of, and, and keep in mind, you could be wrong. It's possible that you're wrong. Absolutely. Yep. You know what's not wrong? The word. So go to the word, mm. evaluate your theology. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast or you can hit up the store. uh, Register for the 2018 Doctrine Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Grab your Reformation 500 t-shirt, which is shipping this week. Oh, man. I'm so excited for that (laughs) t-shirt. It'll be ready tomorrow. This comes out Monday. So, yeah. Tuesday, it'll be ready. We'll ship out Wednesday. So one of us has to go pick it up on Tuesday. I can probably pick it up. All right, good. You want to go there and get some video? Yeah, I can do that. All right, good. I'll 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 talk with Tony. I have to work it out schedule-wise. All right, we'll figure it out. Uh, Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.